Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Rouse Review. I am your city manager, Dan Hoffman, and with me, as always, is Amy Simmons, our communications director. Hello, Amy. Hello. It's a very nice day out. It's spring. We've survived apple blossom. Yes, it didn't even seem like it happened. Did you do any any apple blossom events? I'm sorry, I did not. Oh, my goodness. I know. Well, it was a weird year for it. Well, I think I also had a softball tournament. I have an excuse. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you had a bunch of kid stuff. Yes, I had kid so, stuff. I, I engaged in what apple blossom events were happening so i did wine fest that was nice um i did uh the commonwealth luncheon and that was nice and you know it was we got such great weather you know that day and particularly saturday there was even i even saw some impromptu although we didn't have a parade this year i saw some impromptu parade stuff happening along what was normally the parade route so i know there's next year i think we're all optimistic that it gets back to Get back, gets back to normal, and you know maybe there's some things we, you know, lessons learned out of this, out of this kind of weird adapted apple blossom that, uh, you know, we can apply and make next year even better. But just to clarify, when you say we, oh, I, thank you very much. This yeah. is not a city event. People right. always think that oh, the city puts on apple blossom. All credit's got to go to uh, Brad Veach and his team over at the Apple Blossom Committee. Organization. organization. I think yeah. it's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit organization. Yeah. organization. So, um, all credit has to go to them. They this, this is actually a obviously it's a city tradition. Right. When we talk event. about the city, mm-hmm. it's the city at large, not city government. Right. Uh, we support them uh, because it is you know part of the culture and history of Winchester. But uh, you know all credit goes to to Brad and his team for for pulling it off. Yeah. All we have to do is help with the security, safety, yep. those kind of things, clean up. Absolutely. So tomorrow night, we've got a, another meeting. We're in the home stretch of the budget. Uh, it should be a relatively, um, well, I don't want to jinx it, but we should have a, it should be a reasonable meeting length, knock on wood. Um, we, we got a few second readings. Which means public hearing. Public hearing. So these are things that have already been heard. They've been You've had a chance to speak with council about them at the committee level, uh, at first reading. Um, so I'm going to skip over a lot of the second reading ones. Um, also in the agenda is we are dedicating uh, the National Avenue Gateway Roundabout. It's that little roundabout in front of uh, Timbrook mm-hmm. to um, Fallen Officer Hunter Edwards. Yay. Um, that was came out of the Planning and Econ- Economic Development Committee. Uh, I'm sure I think we'll be doing some type of ceremony when yes. the sign actually goes up. So mm-hmm. tonight's just approving the resolution um also we are uh, some of the, a lot of those second readings are all related to the panhandling and noise issues that uh, have been happening downtown with the warmer weather uh, i just want to make it clear to some folks uh, that that might be listening and concerned about it um, the ordinances that we are repealing we're repealing them because they are unconstitutional we are not repealing them because suddenly it's you know we're, we're trying to open the floodgates on panhandling that that is not uh the point of this the reality is that the the supreme court has declared that panhandling is a form of free speech and is protected in many ways so uh, laws and ordinances all around the country have been struck down because uh, they do not meet constitutional scrutiny so we've got to go back to the drawing board on some of these but we have to repeal some of them that are in place 
uh, we are enacting a few mm-hmm. um, new ordinances, some around trespassing in our garages and uh, use of amplified noise down on the walking mall. So we're putting in some new um, some new things in place to make sure folks can uh, enjoy and make use of the walking mall. Uh, so all of that's at second reading. We are excited about that. Uh, a few other code changes coming out of uh, regarding non-conforming uses. We won't get into what that means. Yeah. Uh, you feel free to, to tune in, but it's a, a land, some land use issues. Uh, and then the, really the big item of the night is first reading of the city's budget. So last meeting they approved on second reading the 93 cent tax rate, which is the same tax rate we have had last year. Right. Uh, we've actually been able to hold um, most of our almost all of our rates but one. We've been able to hold them steady. Uh, so whereas some jurisdictions have you know raised uh, a rate or increased a meals tax, we've held our tax rate the same. Mm-hmm. We've held our meals tax the same. Uh, so our, I should say our property tax. We've held our property tax the same. Our meals tax the same. Our bed tax is the same. Um, there's no other increases. The one thing that we are adjusting is our, our solid waste fee, which is long overdue to be adjusted. Right. Uh, and we did, um, we are bringing forward in this budget, uh, instead of going from five to $10, we are offering kind of a, a staggered rate. So um, if you want the smallest sized can, remember there are three sizes, uh, your rate's only going to go from five to $6. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want the biggest size can, you know, there will be, that, that is a $10 can. So Which but, makes sense because you're producing more trash. Absolutely. And we pay for everything that goes into the landfill. Into landfill mm-hmm. So it's kind of a pay as you throw system. Right. Uh, so the, the budget, this is a first reading for the budget itself, not the rate. Uh, so it's largely the same thing that's been with a few very small changes. It's the same thing that we've discussed in all of the committees, uh, in other council meetings. This is probably the eighth or ninth either committee or council meeting where some aspect of the budget's been discussed. Uh, so we're on the home stretch, first reading uh, on tomorrow on the 11th. Great. And then the 27th? 25th. 25th, thank you. The 25th for second reading, and then, then we got done. a budget. Then so. we start working. <clears throat> and then, yes. Then we start working, and a few months after that, we start in the budget for the next year. Right. October, uh, yes. <laughs> October. So, uh, and then after that, there is a work session. Um, the only thing on that uh, agenda is an executive session about some acquisition of property. But it's an executive session, so I'm not going to talk about Can't it. Can't talk about Can't it. Can't talk no. about it. Um, okay, so today we've got, uh, very proud. Uh, last week, I announced my, my pick for fire chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chief John Henschel, uh, he and Interim Chief Culp, I should say it, well, at this point, he's, well, he's still kind of our Interim Chief. He'll, all be a, he'll always be a chief in our hearts. Just call him Chief. I'm just going to call him Chief. Chief Culp, who has been our Interim for the past, you know, about a year or so, mm-hmm. um, will be also be in here to for some words of wisdom. Um, he's got lots of it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, I've, I've enjoyed my story time with Chief Culp uh, <laughs> over the last... We need a podcast for I that. know, we, we should. It would, we would need more than 30 minutes. Yes. Um, so uh, I think they're outside the door now, so we're going to go ahead and bring them in. Um, but Amy first. Did you know that May 4th was International Firefighter Day? I did not. It was also uh, May the 4th be with you. That's so. right. How timely is this little podcast we're doing here? It is. It is. International some, Firefighter some Day. Some very good planning going on. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. I'm sure this happened all by design. All by coincidence. Ex- absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, and what else do we have going on? Anything else? Nope, not for, not before we talk about 
Okay. Right, talk to our chiefs. Well, uh, I think they're outside the door, so let's go bring them in. All right. Okay. Chief John Henschel and Chief Culp, welcome. So uh, I'm going to start off, you know, kind of city manager's privilege here. Uh, so when I first got here, it was about seven, eight months ago, uh, you know, it was an interesting time. Middle of COVID, I didn't know anybody. And the first thing I know that I'm going to have to start figuring out is what's the deal with the fire department? You know, I, it's no secret. You know, there's been a bunch of stuff in the star, so I'm not going to act like it's some big mystery. But, you know, there it was a time of change. You know, everyone's reacting differently to COVID. There's, um, you know, there had been some issues in the past. Uh, and, you know, not speaking ill of anybody that was involved with, with what went on. Um, you know, there was a lot of concerns. Things that, you know, I'm a new city manager. I'm coming into this, stepping into this role, and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I was so fortunate to have, I was pleasantly surprised, to step in and have, first off, somebody like Chief Culp, Haddon Culp, who was here keeping things steady, outside perspective. Uh, the interim city manager, uh, Mary Beth Price, had, had snagged him out of retirement. Yay. And it was such, a, uh, such a, an asset for me as I got started. Because, man, if I had had to make the decision on, all right, who's the next chief? On day one, I, I, I don't know if I had made the right, would have made the right decision. Um, ultimately... I think I did because I had I had a fair amount of time to see the excellent internal talent uh, that we had in John Henschel. So, uh, with that, John, the community is no stranger to you, and you are no stranger to the community. Um, you've been here for oh, like a hundred years, years, something forever. like that, uh, Over forever. Three years, yes. Which, and you're not so chief, uh, you know. Despite the gray hair, he's <laughs> not. And oh, because sometimes when you hear somebody say, uh, "Yeah, I mean, you have hair. Don't worry. <laughs> Trust me. Um, count your, consider yourself lucky." Um, you know, it, when you hear, "Oh, he's been with the city for 23 years, and he's now the chief." You know, sometimes you're like, "Well, okay. Well, he's probably you know late 50s uh, somewhere." But you're. Uh, you're in mid-career chief. You, you've made your way through. You've gotten all the certifications. You've um, you, know, you put in the time. But I think a lot of times when, when people hear that 23 years, they just assume. And this is remember, this is a podcast, so no one can see you. Um, they just assume that. But no, you're a. I would say a relatively young chief, or right. You know, we we got somebody that's going to be with the department for uh, you know what I hope is a very long time. We're not getting you know it's somebody that's. Not in the final few years of his career, you know. It's you've got the opportunity now to build, you know, the future of fire and rescue here in Winchester. Talk about that. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> you're, you you've been here for a while. You've got the old perspectives, but I know you got the new vision. Tell me a little bit about, about that. So we've got a great group of firefighters and EMS providers in the city. Uh, we're building our depth. We're enhancing what we're doing from a staffing perspective that's uh, been uh, put out there in the community they're aware. Uh, but we have a lot of things that we want to embark upon as far as, as change goes. And looking at the fire service as a whole, there's a transition in place to really look at prevention and things we can do to engage the community, to identify their risks and their needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've begun to spin that out to our folks, and they understand that. I'm getting a lot of good feedback thus far, 
and they know that we're going to embark upon a change that is going to set us up well for the future to not only reduce uh, uh, risk for the community members that we're serving, but to enhance the services we can provide and to ultimately serve them in the best manner possible. So talk a little bit about your, so we didn't pick you just because, oh, well, he's the internal candidate. He's been, he knows the department and he's been here for 23 years. Um, you know, you have, you know, one of the things that was impressive about your resume was all of the other qualifications, other, the other things you do extracurricular to your normal job. I mean, you also have the mandatory fire chief mustache. So, <laughs> that, you know, we, 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 we check oh, every chief I've ever uh, worked with. My last chief in Gainesville, exact same mustache. So he, he you know, we check that box. All right, mustache, check. Uh, you know, understand the city, check. Good vision, check. But there's a bunch of different stuff that, you know, you've worked very hard to obtain that, you know, sometimes people forget about. Tell us, talk about your uh, credentials a little bit. Okay. So uh, to start off, And what actually, they mean, too, because a lot of sure. people aren't going to know exactly, well, I'm, he's a CFO, well, chief financial officer, what, what is that? <laughs> Tell us a little bit what a chief fire officer is. Talk about what some of these things mean. Sure. Well, the, the fire service as a whole, to me, has been a passion of mine from a very young age. I uh, started as a volunteer at age 15, mm-hmm. worked my way through uh, the volunteer ranks in a couple of different departments south of here, and uh, really embraced what the fire service meant. And as I grew in the fire service, uh, I began to understand a little bit more about what that meant. Uh, as the transition occurred and I, and I gained some experience, took some certifications, uh, I understood it, it wasn't so much about me, it was about others. Mm-hmm. Whether that revolves around our people and our other supervisors, whether that revol- revolves around community members. So I sought to enhance what I was doing for myself so I could better understand what was necessary to provide the service that is needed out here. So that involved a a myriad of things, uh, starting with certifications, which a lot of those in the fire service are aware of. We go through various aspects of fire training, medical training, uh, specialty training, which could be hazardous materials related or specialty rescue. Um, So I started taking as many classes as I could, building my depth with certifications. And then I had opportunity to go to the National Fire Academy in Emmitsburg, which broadened my perspective even more. Seeing what it really took to be a fire service leader involved enhancing educational opportunities and reaching out to uh, engage in other facets that would uh, allow me to understand a, a greater need, thus a greater perspective. So I embarked upon a journey to get my bachelor's degree, which I did so in fire administration. That progressed into a master's degree, and I really struggled with do I want to go into an emergency management realm or do I want to be organizational leadership? And I couldn't choose, so I did both. <laughs> so, so, so thus I have two master's degrees. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks have asked, why did you do both? I said, because both are very important to this role and you have to have both. So I wanted to yeah. broaden my own perspective by doing so. And you're a glutton for punishment. So. Oh, and, I'm, yes. and I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> you must like to learn. And you must have an incredibly patient wife. So, <laughs> yes. She, she is actually very supportive. And that's if you don't have that at home, then uh, you're not going to be successful. There's, I've, I've never met a fire chief that got to where they were um, without either a very supportive family, mm-hmm. some 
do end up divorced along the way. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because it's tough. It's tough. It and the ones that have, you know, a great work-life balance, the ones that, un- that can put it all in perspective, you know, they've got a great supportive network and family around them. Same with Chief Culp. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so vision. Talk a little, a little bit about vision in the future. So uh, you've got the skills and abilities. you got the street cred. Um, you know the city. What's next? What are we, what are we going to be working on uh, for the next year? So we're going we're gonna to work on a variety of things. Some will encompass uh, continued corrections to what was noted in the ESCI study, mm-hmm. as well as some things that uh, I've had a vision for over the past several years, and we just haven't been able to gain ground on getting them implemented. Uh, part of that is due to certainly fiscal constraints to some degree, as well as personnel constraints. Mm-hmm. But we're moving in the right direction to fix both of those things and enhance mm-hmm. what we're able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my big uh, overarching issues is that we're not out in the community enough. We need to engage the community more, assess uh, what their needs are, because we are we, we boast being a full-service Uh, delivery, but we're only really focused on running emergency calls in essence and Mm. uh, fixing things when they happen. And we know that's important and that takes uh, uh, focus and that is certainly uh, something we need to do and be good at. Mm -hmm. But if we can look towards preventative things that can help us get ahead of someone having an emergency, I think that's ideal. And you'll see that Mm-hmm. transition occurring across the fire service it's just not one that we've wholly embraced here yet yeah. and i firmly believe that if we do that we're going to see better community engagement we're going to uh, reap rewards from what we're uh, offering our citizens and that they can have a more robust life they can prevent injuries they can prevent fires mm-hmm. alongside with us and i think it's a, a concerted effort that we'll make together yeah the um you know change is not something that you know, sometimes comes easily with public safety. And uh, Chief Culp, you have a, a saying that I, uh, I've always appreciated. You used it in the, uh, you're going to have to remind me exactly how I it will. goes. Uh, you know which one I'm talking I about. Do. I do. Because I heard you use it a few times. It, uh, it actually came from uh, one of our battalion chiefs, Chief Baker, told it to me on my second day uh, on the job here. There's two things firefighters hate. Uh, the way things are and change. <laughs> yep. And it always makes me chuckle because it's so true. But uh, they always do uh, rise to the occasion and uh, embrace it uh, once they figure out, you know, what the end result's going to be. Yeah. And then you've got, there's, I don't know what it is with change uh, quotes and the <laughs> fire department, but there's another one about um, the, the fire department is, what, 200 years of... <laughs> Tradition unimpeded by progress. There you go. That's <laughs> another good one. <laughs> so it, We try not to... <laughs> we try to break that rule. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... It, it, it's, I think, just part of the territory, whether it's police or fire. Um, you know, we're dealing with life safety. So when you're doing the basics right every time, when you've got a process that you know saves lives, uh, altering it on the hopes of saving more lives or in the hopes of doing mm-hmm. it more efficiently, um, you know, that, that's not without some degree of risk. Mm-hmm. And we just, we don't have the, um, the luxury of, wholesale embracing risk in public safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my other departments, you know, I say, hey, yep, listen, fail fast. You know, we accept good calculated risks, uh, stretch goals, the whole deal. But, you know, change in public safety, it's it's different. There are standards. There are, you know, a lot of it's based on science and medicine. And it, we can't just say, you know what, 
we're going to drive the fire truck different from now on. Or, right. you know, we, we look at what's happening around the country because if we do something and we do it wrong, you know, it could mean someone's life. You don't want them to have to hesitate either. Is it the right one or is it the current one? Yeah. yeah. Well, the training is huge. Yeah. The, uh, the consequences are extreme. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why we try to make sure everybody understands and we practice and we try to do test runs and mm-hmm. make sure that it's going to have yeah. the results. We, we do uh, one, of, one of the most awesome things that I try to say every time I get an opportunity like this is that I was totally uh, astounded by and am so proud to be a part of, and that is the survival rate. Uh, for cardiac arrest events here in uh, Winchester that are a responsibility of all of our people, uh, that it's nearly twice the national average. And that is really something to be extremely, extremely proud of. Yeah. In fact, I was a little worried yesterday when I was driving down the street. <laughs> and, uh, is this that I, funny story you wanted yeah. to tell? Oh, yeah. So I, I'm looking, I look over and I'm driving by South End Fire Station. And I'm showing a, a you know, kind of a, a dignitary that was in town, uh, you know, looking to invest in our city. And I'm driving driving by South End, and I see Chief Culp sitting on a bench, hooked up to oxygen. <laughs> 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 to no. which I whipped into the parking lot and was like, "Oh crud, oh, no. what is happening?" So I go up and Even I'm like, song. "What's going on?" My eyes are uh, big as saucers, and um, <laughs> another one of the other uh, firefighters, EMTs, comes up. He's like, he's like, get back, get back. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I, I almost pulled. I didn't think they realized. I, I didn't quite recognize. I think I had met that person, but I don't know if they recognized me. Yeah. And I, I never pulled this line. But I was about to be like, um, do you know I'm the city manager? Because <laughs> um, you're not going to – I'm going to go right now. He was right on now. the way. I, I'm, I'm, you know, go check on him. <clears throat> I'm going to go check on my chief. And uh, he goes, training exercise, training exercise. I'm like, oh, oh. Then I realized you, you were don't just have to pull it. You were just a live dummy in that situation. <laughs> so roll well. He was. Um, so yeah, he, we 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 He's did okay. just we swore in eleven new firefighters uh, awesome. last week. Uh, so we we were going through some training exercises with them, and uh, Chief Culp was was just the the patient, (laughs) so to speak. So yeah, you gave me a little bit of a scare there. So you, so you've been with us now, um, 10 months, right? Uh, well, actually just shy of a year. Just shy of a year. Yeah. It's beginning of COVID, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah, June 1 is when it started. So, uh, an interesting time to, to join as an interim chief. And you obviously have a, we, like I said, we pulled you out of retirement. You've been around the block. Uh, you were over in Prince William, Mm -hmm. um, and you were in Loudon for a while. Nope, nope, not Loudon. I'm getting conf- I'm getting confused. But um, you've been around. You've you know, you've served in a variety of different roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your you know you, you came into this department? What were some of your observations? What have you learned about this department over the last year? Well, I'll tell you, I had um, when I got uh, asked to come down and chat with uh, the interim city manager Mary Beth Price. Um, I was a little bit familiar with what was going on in Winchester because I just live a little bit away in uh, Woodstock, you know, nearby. And um, uh, after I chatted with her and saw that, you know, what the organization needed here, and I felt as though I had a couple tools in my toolbox to help out on, on an interim basis uh, while they got going, um, I did have some uh, apprehension about, you know, really what I was stepping into because I didn't have the full story, but I did uh, – was familiar with the study and so forth. I quickly did a, you know, an environmental scan of what was going on. And um, I will say that the talent that's in our department 
quickly put me uh, at ease that the emergency services that we were providing on a day-to-day basis was being handled by uh, our superb incident commanders and by the emergency responders that are going out on every call. So there's a, an awesome amount of talent here that, uh, you know, we certainly don't take for granted. So following that, you know, we started uh, looking at what was involved in the study, what some of the recommendations were, and uh, what could we do uh, quickly um, and efficiently um, to meet some of the needs that were identified in that study. And so the next thing that happened was, uh, and, and it was never my uh, intent to develop uh, any long-term uh, solutions, you know, strategies, but what could we do on the short term to address some of the immediate uh, high-level concerns? And one of the things that I noticed is there was an awesome foundation of skills and abilities and um, uh, opportunities already established. And my goal from the very first day was just to build more uh, blocks on that wall that was already established so that whenever another chief came in here, they weren't going to say, now we got to tear that down and start that process over. So uh, working with uh, not only the city leadership team, all the other department heads here in, in city government, the city council, uh, our volunteer fire and rescue uh, folks, and of course the fire and rescue team members here in Winchester Department of Fire and Rescue uh, made it easy to develop plans to move forward. I got to say, um, it certainly wasn't a heavy lift for me but it has been for our people. They have all stepped up and really uh, have been and will continue to be uh, the answer. That was the other thing I just wanted to say was that after I did this scan, and I've said this to everybody along the way, all the answers are within the boundaries of this uh, city uh, perimeter. Uh, It's just pulling them all together Mm -hmm. at the right time or the right uh, uh, sequence. So, And that has uh, proven to be the case for the plans that we've come up with for emergency mm-hmm. response and for the folks that we're promoting. So speaking of the folks we've promoted, what advice do you have for a new chief? Um, and Specifically fact, I, this one. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the relationships, uh, building, establishing, and maintaining good relationships is probably the most critical thing. Um, the, the folks are going to get the job done. And you have to trust in them, and I know that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of like uh, having to be like a butterfly on a, a gigantic bush. You know, you're having to go from flower to flower to maintain all those relationships um, at the right time in the right sequence to keep um, keep all of everything that we're trying to accomplish uh, on the front line. Yeah, that's when I think of Chief Henschel, I think of a butterfly going, going from flower to flower. Such a pretty butterfly. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's going to be his call sign. There you go. I like it. I like it. What color should he Where, be? Where's a uh, battalion chief butterfly? There Who's you yeah. go. Oh man. John, what's your favorite color? <laughs> no, not no. going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, f- final thoughts, uh, Chief Henschel. And I would specifically want to hear, so first time in the big chair. Now, granted, we train. I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, whether you're assistant chief, deputy chief, battalion chief, you know, we we train you to actually be the chief. Because at any given time, you are the chief of that scene. You are you are making decisions, you know, that are that are life and death. So you've kind of been in the chair before, but now it's yours permanently. 
How does it feel to be a first-time chief? Uh, it's exciting. I'm uh, I'm proud to be given this opportunity to serve in this great community and the, the people that we have to work with. I know Chief Culp just mentioned that, but uh, I couldn't ask for a better team. Uh, from a leadership team, Chief Orndorff has been uh, exceptional. We've been working uh, seamlessly to uh, address the issues that we face and to enhance what we're providing to the citizens. Our battalion chiefs have years and years of experience. They do an exceptional job out there. Uh, all the, it filters all the way down. We have folks engaged at the lowest levels and want to continue to do so in, in working towards the best interests of what we can provide to everyone. So it's, it's exciting. There's uh, a lot of uh, responsibility at hand. There are a lot of things I know that we need to address and accomplish, but it's going to take some time. And uh, I understand the patience part of it, and that's going to be key as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll identify priorities, and we'll tackle them as, as we uh, can, and we're going to do great things in this community. Absolutely. You nervous? Am I nervous? Mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm really nervous. It's just uh, I think it's a mix of excitement. And, you know, I'm the type I came in, and it's funny because – I actually told my wife, I said, am I supposed to feel more excited about this? <laughs> because I, I just came in, and, I, and everyone that knows me knows my work ethic, yeah. and I just, I'm ready to go to work. Yeah. And I see all these things, and there's times when I've got to pull myself back because mm-hmm. change takes time. You yeah. can't do it in a vacuum. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've expressed that to our folks. Mm-hmm. I've made it a, a, a point to go out, and I've started to meet one-on-one with our people just so they can have some face time. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. You don't see that in larger organizations. They may not see their fire chief. They may mm-hmm. not understand how important their role is. Mm-hmm. And certainly our dynamic here in Winchester is vastly different from a larger organization, as Chief Culp can attest to. We know our folks one-on-one. We know them on a first-name basis. We are more a family-oriented fire department than mm-hmm. what you're going to get in a large service. Absolutely. So uh, we embrace that, and I think that's going to be a great draw for us in the future. Excellent. I see us trending back towards what I felt we had when I first came here as being that high-performing organization in a destination department where outside organizations are going to struggle to keep up with us in the future, and that's one of my goals. Mine too. That sounds like a recruitment ad to me. <clears throat> exactly. We are going to be, uh, and on that note, uh, <laughs> I should put in a plug. Uh, keep checking the city website because in this budget, yet to be approved, of course, uh, but right now I'm fairly confident that we will have uh, at least three new positions in our budget, uh, but we're also going after a, a SAFER grant. It's a government acronym. Long story short, it means we're going to get seven new firefighters on top of the other three. So um, if we are successful in achieving that grant, in the next year we'll be adding 10 more positions, not just filling 10 vacancies, but we'll be adding 10 total to our force. So uh, there will be opportunities. There will be um, uh, folks, if you're thinking about being a firefighter, if you've uh, if you ever thought about it, you know, check out. Or if you are a firefighter at another location um, and you want a great place to work, check out Winchester. And the good thing is, so if I can jump in, you guys just recently started training from the ground up. You don't have to come with any kind of certifications, right? That's mm-hmm. correct. That's so you correct. can just want to serve your community. Absolutely. Come join the fire department. They'll teach you everything you need to know. And, yep. and I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, my outlook in that regard is that we're going to hire for attitude and we can yes. teach skills. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for the best in people, those that are passionate about serving others. Yep. yep. Be kind, be brave, don't be a jerk. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So uh, congratulations, Chief Henschel, and thank you, Chief Culp. Uh, it, it has been such a, a pleasure uh, getting to know you. I know you're not going to be a stranger. You're going to be around, uh, and you know, you're gonna your insights and everything that you've done for the last year will will definitely live on. So thank you very much, Chief Culp. Thank Gulp. you. Thank you, Chief Henschel, um, and uh, we'll see you around. All right. So that was a nice uh, story kind of time with Chief. St- Culp story time with Chief Culp, <laughs> uh, and you know it, it was interesting to have both of them in here because you uh, you could really kind of see the, um, not just the kind of the new incoming leader, with our kind of outgoing you know steward so mm-hmm. to speak of the fire department, um, but the similarities between them both. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely takes a it gave me some confidence because you know it's my first fire chief pick still relatively new on the job a little bit of nervousness Mm -hmm. in that pick um in making that pick not in the person themselves because of you know seeing that you know to be a good fire chief you do got to be cut from a certain cloth Mm -hmm. and you know there's the similarities i see between uh chief henschel and chief culp you know it gives me some yeah they're, they're different people but there's similarities in the, mm-hmm. in the way their demeanor and the way they handle things that uh, makes me very optimistic and, and very proud of our of our new chief. Yeah, and you can see the respect between them too. It's it was really nice. To Absolutely, see. and Chief Culp will be sticking around for a little while to help us with some tr- strategic planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, speaking of strategic planning, for you know we we obviously have the meeting tomorrow. Uh, the council meeting tomorrow, but later this week on Friday, you might notice that we're also having a council retreat right. to talk about the strategic plan. This is, uh, we talked about this in a previous podcast. So this Friday is the strategic plan retreat. Um, I will say it is open to the public. Mm-hmm. It is at Jim Barnett Park. Um, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. However, folks should, excuse me, sh- folks should realize that this is a special meeting. It's not a normal meeting of council. So, counselors will be at tables working with staff uh you know working developing stuff stuff small group discussions small group discussions uh all it's going to help us build the strategic plan there's not a this is not one of the opportunities for public comment right uh you've had uh, many there have been many opportunities for Mm -hmm. public comment Uh, the survey every single council meeting normal council meeting uh, emails, phone calls, there's plenty of ways for you to give us feedback. Mm-hmm. And a lot and a lot of that is going to be reflected in what we discuss uh, this Friday. Uh, but this is an opportunity really for council to work with staff to take a lot of that input we got from the public and distill it into something that's appropriate for the plan. So you can come and sit and observe, but um, don't I don't want to be anyone to be under the expectation that this is a participation opportunity. Um, but please come see us, see us at work. Uh, and I don't know. Are we recording it there? Um, well, I know the, the media will be there and I believe we are making attempts to record it, but yeah. again, it's going to be one of those things that it's all day. So if mm-hmm. you really want to sit through, uh, eight hours of, uh, a camera recording a room of people yeah, discussing not, things at good. table, it's not good, but I've done it before. It's not good, <laughs> but we are setting up, you know, a safe seating area for, you know, distance for folks to come and observe and mm-hmm. see, see us in action. Uh, cause obviously we are a very open and transparent government. So even to things like this, uh, we are happy to have the public there. Yep. All right, Amy, what do we have uh, going on? 
Okay. Well, last podcast, we talked about being clueless about composting. Yep. Uh, so there's another workshop coming up on May 20th at 7 p.m. It's virtual, of course. Um, it's May 20th. They'll cover how to build a composter in your backyard. Wow. And um, it's free. So you go to eventbrite.com and search for DIY composter building for the clueless, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, do a little plug. On the last Wednesday in May, we're going to talk to Michael Recycle about right. composting on our publicity um, news show. So, uh, Winchester Parks and Recreation, Jim Burnett Park, and Abrams Creek Wetlands Preserve, all things that we are responsible for, were nominated by local residents for the 2021 Winchester Star Award for Best Park and Recreation Facility. So, we really appreciate that. Go vote. Yeah. It's a great way, um, great that people are seeing and recognizing these Mm -hmm. great facilities and actually enjoying them and using them. Absolutely. So speaking of Parks and Rec, uh, this summer Winchester Parks and Recreation is offering two youth ac- athletic camps. It's a lot less than usual uh, due to normal thing, you know, COVID, of course. Um, tennis and golf are the only things we're offering this year. Mm. And uh, they'll be later in the summer, but register early because they fill up fast. So also a friend of the park, Jim Smith, with the Northern Shenandoah Valley Audubon Society. We'll offer a bird and nature walk at the Abrams Creek Wetlands Preserve on June 3rd at 8.30 a.m. Uh, so it's open to anyone six and up, 16 and up, sorry, 16 and up. And you uh, register by May 27th. So if you go to Winchester Parks and Recreation's webpage, you can sign up there. And um, again, last, last podcast, I mentioned our four museums. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. They are the George Washington one. That's one. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, Abrams Delight. Yes. There's the one right next to Abrams Delight. Hollingsworth Mill. Hollingsworth Mill. Mm-hmm. And then there's, um, hold on, it's on the tip of my tongue. The, the Stonewall. Oh, the Stonewall Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> right, right, right. I was uh, giving you the, the gun. I know, you were yeah, giving me like Civil War gun fingers. Yeah. I was like, we have a gun museum? <laughs> I guess that wasn't a very good hit. <laughs> yes. You could have always just you could have also just said Stonewall Jackson and Caitlin could have edited out that part right. and then I could have been like look super smart and be like, Oh right, Stonewall Jackson. Yes. Yes. But, you know, it's more fun this way. Thanks. I can make you guess. Great. Yes. But anyway. I will I well, you know what, they haven't been open, but they are opening soon. As of today they opened. Awesome. I'm Monday. gonna go I yes. I've got my in laws in town. So maybe I'll have to show them some George Washington. George Washington's museum. Uh, yes. Not his museum, his office. His office, yes. Yeah. And everybody loves the Stonewall Jackson's um, tour because there's some wonderful docents over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll be open Monday through Saturday now, uh, as of today, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sundays from noon to 4. Cool. So you need to take your in-laws over there. I will do that. The Old Town Advancement Commission, they're holding their spring stakeholder meeting on May 25th at 5.30 p.m., and they are currently collecting feedback from the community to help guide that conversation during the meeting. Cool. They want to know what questions people have about downtown and what topics should be discussed at that meeting. So um, you can add your comments on their Facebook post about that meeting or send an email to otw at winchesterva.gov. And then Valley Health, they're ready to open their uh, COVID vaccination clinic in the mm-hmm. Blossom Mall this week on Wednesday, May 12th. The clinic will be open Mondays through Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Saturdays from 10 to 9. So not over at Shenandoah anymore, nope. people. Nope. Do not Closed. show up at the Athletic Center at, <laughs> at SU. It is over at the Apple Blossom Mall. Yep. I don't know which wing that is, but it's near Lynn's Crafters and 
Victoria's Secret and where I think that's the Sears, the old Sears wing. Yeah, it's in one of the big empty spaces. Though. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. So. Okay, so last but not least, our next podcast. We have a topic for our next podcast. Already. We do? Yes. <clears throat> Normally we make it up a few <laughs> days in advance. Yeah, well, uh, May 24th, we'll uh, be going on a road trip again. And I can, uh, you know you like your road trips. I do. I like uh, being out and about. Yes, so uh, we're going to go on the road and visit some Winchester businesses for Small Business Month. So I'm looking forward to getting to know some of our owners, some business owners. Do we know who? We are working on that. We have a few. Okay. Don't want to spoil it. All right. It's a surprise. Yes, but we have a few lined up and we're working on some others. So we at least know generally what we're doing. Yes. Yes. Well, that's improvement. Yes. Well in advance. That's awesome. Well in advance. (laughs) Great. So uh, one last thing that I have uh, before we wrap up, we had a a very special uh, ceremony over at Jim Barnett Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did, uh, it was the awards and kind of promotion Mm -hmm. ceremony for Winchester Police Department. Uh, a couple of really special ones. Yes. Uh, one for Officer O'Connor, uh, who was involved in the officer-involved shooting mm-hmm. uh, last fall. Uh, Officer O'Connor got the the gold medal, which we had not given out in like 20 years. Really, uh, it was he deserved uh, it. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, pretty a pretty dramatic and courageous mm-hmm. um, scene there. And you he know. was promoted too. Yep, he got promoted and got that in mm-hmm. in the same day. So congratulations so well. to. Yep. Uh, to Officer O'Connor. Um, also very notable, uh, Amanda Behan mm-hmm. uh, was promoted to Deputy Chief. You know, she is the second female in the department's history uh, to Kelly be, Rice. Mm-hmm. after Kelly Rice, who's still with us, uh, to be made Deputy Chief. So right now we've got two female Deputy Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, pretty soon we'll be back down to one uh, for the time being because uh, Deputy Rice is retiring oh, later no. this year. Uh, but she and she was also given an impromptu award uh, for her for her years of service and to to recognize um, you know her contributions as not just a a police officer but a, a, the first female deputy mm-hmm. chief and, and all and she's it, done all these years exactly and who knows maybe one day uh, you know years from now we'll we'll have our first female chief you never know so um, congratulations to for the, to those folks and everybody that got uh, promoted or recognized it was a you know a very very nice and powerful in many ways yeah. uh, ceremony this promotion and all of the promotions we we heard about were really just testaments to you know the strength of the department and the, the depth uh, of bench that Chief Piper has built there. Um, and we're also we're always looking for new police officers too, so keep an eye on it. I think we're getting ready for a new recruit class, but you know always keep an eye on our website if you're interested in becoming a police officer. That's right. All right. And with that, uh, thank you for listening to another edition of the Rouse Review. Uh, I'm Ben Hoffman, your city manager. And thank you, Amy Simmons, uh, communications director, as always. uh, And we'll see you around City Hall.